Hello and welcome to another edition of the QPR podcast, Open All Hours, which surprisingly sees us doing a podcast after six points in two games, which is a minor miracle and um, and deservedly so as well. Right, tonight, me, Paul Finney, that is, is joined by Paul Stokes, who hasn't been on very well. And um, thank you for answering the call, Paul. We do appreciate Glad it. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Glad to be here so early in the season as well. Normally, I only get the calls but once, once the winter's closed, the night's closing in the winter, so... It's because you've got that kind of wintry voice, Paul. Exactly. <laughs> this is it. And Robert is with us again. Robert Gilbert. How you doing, Rob? You all right? I'm good, Paul. How are you? I'm all right. Right. I'm going to start with Watford. I forget, Robert, what we said last week, but I think we all went for a win more I so. I think we did. Hope. I think yeah. we did go for a win. Um, was more, was it more hope, was it? Hope than expectation. Did you get to see any of the game at all, Rob? I, I didn't know. I didn't, I couldn't get a ticket for it, but obviously seen it all since. I mean, I was following it on my phone and, you know, I, I just couldn't believe, you know, every time we're going back ahead, you, you can't believe it. And I've got to say, very rarely, it happens all the time in the Prem, I believe, uh, that a goal will go in, it gets disallowed for VAR, but your phone goes off with a notification. Oh, yeah. But my phone went off with a notification for 3 all, and I'm sitting there in the middle of Wagamama's thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't believe it. And then uh, my wife, oh, what's up? I got conceded three or up. And then I'm looking at my phone. No, it's been disallowed. Oh, so so that's how I found out that um, that we, we'd pretty much won it. But no, just an absolutely brilliant result, um, especially considering that we, I think a lot of us based our optimism on the fact that um, Jal Pedro and Saar weren't going to be there anymore, but they both played. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we still managed to win. Uh, it was just uh, just a- absolutely fantastic. And then I I didn't realise that I've, in, in my mind we always lose at Vicarage Road, but but that isn't actually the case. We we no. actually win there all the time these days. We either seem to win or get absolutely tonked. There's, yeah. there's, there's neither or. Paul, did you make it Saturday or I did? Yeah, I mean going to Watford away is always a, always a special game for me because the first game of football of any kind I ever went to was uh, away to Watford in, I believe, 1985 and we lost. And so the idea, and I read afterwards the statistic that, you know, they're our best club for beating now and was it 50 wins or something? It Mm. seems strange to me because I didn't see us win at Watford until I was in my 30s. I think it was Luigi Di Canio's side. It was the first time I was there in person to see us win at Watford. So I always love it if we go to win at Watford. You know, I've seen us like Clark Kyle celebrating against us, all that kind of stuff. So that in my mind, it doesn't feel like a ground that's good for us. And maybe that's just because it's, you know, imprinted from that very first game as a a small child being dragged along to and going, oh, we don't win here. But no, I did get to go. I thought it was... uh, Absolutely amazing that we won, mainly because you know, I went with a few friends and it turned into like the perfect away day, which, you know, as anyone will know listening to this, is few and far between. The ones you, you look forward to, the good days out, always are the ones that then the football kind of runs the pub, as it, as it were. So, um, no, it was a crazy, amazing. I thought we were definitely valued for the win. I was very surprised at how poor their defence were with anyone running at them with the ball. You would assume for a team relegated from the Premier League, they would be that would be the side of the game they'd be all right at. They literally looked like those defenders. They were so scared any time we ran at them with the ball on the deck. You know, I absolutely 
you know, all the goals deserved. Obviously, I didn't couldn't see because it was, you know, we just assumed it was, you know, the the linesman had got it right. As, as always, we assume the linesman have got it right, of course. Uh, but no, for the offside, um, obviously, seeing it I'll, subsequently, I don't see how any of their goals stood really. I mean, there was a handful, yeah. a massive foul, and obviously, the offside, which was actually ruled out. Um, so yeah, absolutely fantastic performance. A great credit, I think, to the manager as well. He played three formations in the second half. I think he's the one he started with, he had one where there was no striker for a bit, and then one right at the end when he brought Sinclair Armstrong on uh, with the striker again. Everyone, the right formation at the right part of the game that just seemed to, you know, bamboozle Watford and just keep that pressure on that that, that very uh, scared defence as they ended up being. I was quite surprised actually because I was watching it as it as it was. Dawn, and I'm thinking Bill got every single call right. The subs are right. The lineup was right. The we did the right pressure at the right times. I mean, their first goal was ridiculous. It was handball. I mean, I could see it, and I'm bloody. I can't see nothing. Me <laughs> shouldn't say that as a van driver in a big van, but hey ho. And the second one was a furl on Dickie, if I remember right, like which yeah, was I ridiculous look at, it at the time. I was surprised oh. it wasn't. It's the sort of foul you can imagine if it was if it was a reverse fixture, you, the crowd would might have influenced it, whereas obviously the other way. But it was funny on the walk back to the state Watford Junction, though, like the amount of Watford fans, you know, who I always think of as a kind of slightly benign set of fans, were moaning massively about Rangers as this terrible. Someone even called them ungentlemanly on the walk. I mean, I don't know if it's just because we were really? in the counties. Yeah, and I was thinking. We're not, we're not, we're not nasty you can be cross we're not kicking everyone, are we? You know, so. Someone called us ungentlemanly. Robert, yeah. is that, is that, I mean, he's in his chair bullying off the ball. You know, that's why. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know uh, we've been going on for a few years, haven't we? How we're all, it's all a bunch of nice boys. But if yeah. they're uh, not gentlemanly yeah, enough, though, for what? But may, maybe that's all part of what Bill's doing. We, we, we're certainly pressing so much higher up and snapping into challenges. And, and we'll come on to the whole game, I'm sure. But, you mm-hmm. know, Johansson is, I mean, the only way I can describe it is snapping into challenges. They're absolutely going for it. And we we go for it. We front foot, off we go, in your face. Um, and look, we, the shortcomings are there that we leave space in behind. We play this really high line. Uh, the wing backs get so high up. I don't mind it. Uh, I, I like seeing football played that way. You're going to concede a few, so be it. But definitely agree with you both about the changes in the game, <clears throat> the substitutions. I mean, I don't want to compare it to Warburton because I think Warburton did a great, great job and one of the best managers in forever for me, for us. But um, one of his shortcomings perhaps was he would he would quite rigidly stick to his formation uh, and that was it. And players would come on to play in this, you know, like-for-like replacements. But Beal really, I mean, against Watford from what I've seen and certainly against Hull, he really read the game, uses substitutions to change the flow, to change the, um, to, to just sort of change the whole vibe around the place. Uh, he mentioned it in his uh, post-match interview with Watford that, um, the Watford manager was targeting our right-hand side. So he sacrificed Dykes to put a Doma there so that we could essentially match him up. And, uh, you know, that's what you want in a manager, don't you? You want someone that's going to read the game and say, right, what have I got on my bench to, to counter this? And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, you know, someone's being you know, positive and making changes. It, it's uh, it's really good to see. I've, I've really enjoyed that. that aspect I, I, I like the, I like the fact, I mean, Robert, I don't know if you noticed this, Paul, 
Who was surprised when Keith Stroud came out in orange and black, the <laughs> lifelong Luton Town fan? I mean, he must have been. Don't, absolutely... don't say that. Don't, don't give it. Don't give Watford yet another thing to mind about. Come on. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was a Watford fan the way out, and he was going on about Keith Stroud being a Luton fan. And I went, yeah, no, he hates us. Oh, I think he hates us more. I was like, you got this. You got one disallowed when all three should be disallowed. I beg to differ. I guess whereas we, the the liner on our side didn't know how to use his flag for the first 20 minutes. And then when he did, it was only against us. And yeah, he couldn't even keep up with play. I mean, that that handball was shocking. I mean, Jesus, when I'm saying it's bad, it must have been. But I, I like the way we dug in. I like the way, I like the, the wee bit of shit house right at the end, running down the flanks and Sinclair Armstrong. I mean, what a unit he was to try and get him off the ball in the corner. And, um, you know, Albert running down the wing, making them furl him at the end and stuff like that. That's what we need. We do need to be... And field. You know, Dazelle, I thought, had an absolutely outstanding game on Saturday. He did everything really well, and he's been getting a lot of grief. Yeah, I'll take that all day long against Watford. Always nice to beat them. Always. I love beating them. I think it's because I'm from North London. So growing up, everyone was Spurs and Arsenal around me. Mm-hmm. So I had no one, once, once we were relegated from the Prem, there was no one for me to sort of bounce off of and talk about championship, have a bit of banter with, except Watford fans, because you get a few Watford fans around here. So uh, it's always nice for me to beat Watford because because I know a few. I know a few Watford fans and it's something to uh, to, to send a little text about uh, when we beat them. It was interesting though, because Paul, I don't know if you, you, you got the impression, but I think their fan base has changed, which is quite bizarre. Maybe that's that short time in the Premiership or whatever. There's a fellow beside me who's like, we really should be beating it on the way out. We really should be beating teams like Queen's Park Rangers. I mean, they were in the Premiership years ago. We only came down last season. And I'm thinking, mate, that's got nothing to do with it. You know, yeah, I thought it was bizarre. If, if the hangers-on from last season are sort of, you know, hedging their bets as to how long they're going to... Because it's still early days, isn't it, in the, in the league? So I guess if you come down and thinking, well, you know, if we do a Norwich and we romp to victory... Uh, you know, and you look at a team like Queen's Park Rangers and think, well, I, I wasn't here two seasons ago, so I didn't I didn't realise we played them then sort of thing. So, um, I mean, obviously, the other thing that always makes it quite nice to um, to uh, w- beat Watford is obviously it's our cup final, as, as we've been informed. <laughs> <laughs> so, we haven't uh, lost to them since he said that. We haven't yeah, lost to them. Exactly. So, I mean, what, you know, what a great cup run. Which is, <laughs> I like the actual cups. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 dry, the dry world cup. Yeah. yeah the final that. of the dry world cup. So I refused to go to that because I refused to go to a match where it was like Watford were seen as the um, bigger team, not bigger team, but the better team than us. And we would do the friendly against them at our own ground. It was like, yeah, because then the premiership. No, it's Watford. They're weird. You know, I mean, I remember that old stand in the old days and oh, it was it was a nightmare. I seen Alan McDonald score a volley there. That was nice. So, you know, it's, it's you're right now about the memories, Paul. You're right. I always think that you know, we get battered there and we haven't got a good record. Then you look at it and you think, actually, our record's pretty damn good, though. One of the few grounds we win a lot at. There's not a lot of them. No, exactly. It's probably one of those things where, just in my experience, I've been to a game and a couple of games and you lose. You think, I'll oh, miss the next one. We probably won that and then didn't even go back. And we, you know, so it's, it's probably just me being uh, too picky. But yeah, as I say, a great, a great day out uh, uh, for, uh, for, for all QPR fans. I, th- I felt that Saturday. Now, Robert, here's me, great. I'm, I'm coming back to Watford Junction. Me and me mate took completely the wrong direction, even though we've done it a million times because we're just happy. And we both looked at each other and went, we all know what's going to happen Tuesday night, don't we? We all know, but it's it's okay. We've had a win. It's fine. Do you know what I mean? Did you think the same thing? And then Yeah, I, you... I, I, I thought we'd draw. I thought they'll get a okay. one. I thought we'd draw on Tuesday. 
Um, I just, well, we haven't won back to back since January. So I just thought, ah, they'll draw mm. Tuesday. They'll, they'll be tired. There's some people coming back from injury. Uh, but that didn't happen, did it, Paul? No. no. <laughs> Which Paul? Oh, you, both yeah. of you, whoever. Well, we were both there to, to say, yeah. Stokesy, I'll have to call you Stokesy and you love to call yeah, me idiot. Right. You know, I think we'll have to do it that way. But no, do you know, I'm, I'm imp- I looked before the game, I looked at it. They've spent a lot of money. I, mean, I think they've just been taken over by somebody else. I could be wrong. But I was looking at the transfer deal as if they've, they've shelved out a few bob they have. And um, obviously they were, they were annoyed at the prices of the, the chairman paid for the coaches to come down. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all set up for us to spectacularly get a draw or just a last minute look. You know, they're going to score the last minute, blah, blah. But we absolutely buy them. I mean, we could have been, we could have, well, we could be four or five up at halftime. Let's be honest. And sure, Willick, I mean, I've never seen performances like that since Adele really were. We were just, they're unplayable. Absolutely unplayable. I mean, Paul, what did you think? I mean, when you saw that Chur goal, because all I could think was, that's Adele. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, yeah, definitely. Because where I sit, it was I'm in the top, in, in our block, not too deep and not in a rail seat quite yet. Um, it did remind me that the run of the goal against, is it Preston, where he nutmegged, uh, where yes. uh, Del nutmegged Giza and then went. And I had it from the same angle. So, I mean, it was obviously a little bit of that without wanting to heap anything onto chair. But um, what my favourite moment about that goal, and it just a split second in my head, was that just a moment I hadn't clocked it was uh, Matt Ingram. But just there was that moment where you could just see from the body language, you knew he wasn't going to save it. That way <laughs> well, he we, dived and he just could see. Him going, oh, it's not happening. I can't. I'm not getting. It's either going to miss, or I'm not getting anywhere near this. And it was, uh, and yeah, and it was almost like that set the tone. I think for whole, for certainly for that first half. Then when you know every time we went forward, there was almost an element of them all going, yeah, we're not going to stop this. It's just more do they score or do we, you know, or do we put it out? Or something? Yeah, that first half was just wow. I mean, it it, it was it was brilliant. Just brilliant. I mean, you you mentioned Dizelle, uh, Paul, and I think last time I was on, I said, well, he's not quite been for me. He was fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. Beal has put a rocket up his ass with these comments about my midfield's not good enough because by all accounts against Watford and certainly against Hull, he was superb. Getting the ball, driving forward, starting moves, crunching into tackles, absolutely brilliant. And I mean, Ilias chair... Unbelievable, unbelievable performance. I mean, he did the running, the pressing, the closing down. It was just, uh, it was, it was, it was an absolute joy to watch. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the Dykes miss, but I mean, what Chair does to to get the ball to him is is brilliant. And you're right, the goal we all around me went to rap. That's like an Adele yeah. goal. Uh, Willock as well. Do you know what? It wasn't even Willock's best game, but he's so dangerous drop of the shoulder and he's away there. If you're a defender and you're coming, you're thinking, well, I've got Lyndon Dykes backing into me. That's not ideal. And then I've got these two, these two boys that just, they can do anything. They can do anything. Um, There's not much better in the league. I mean, if there is better in the league, I haven't seen it yet, especially now Bowler's gone to Forest. Um, It was, it was an absolute joy to watch. Um, and I love, I love, love, loved the wing backs as well. Uh, we get the ball, they go and stand right up alongside the striker. And it, it's just, it's just exciting, modern, progressive football, all heart as well, 100 miles an hour. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant on Tuesday night. One of the best nights at Rangers in, in well, it feels like a long time because, uh, 
I think the start of this year is really dragged for a lot of fans. But it, mm. it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, the safe standing sounded fantastic. Um, a, a, a brilliant night and a, a really a really special performance from Chair as well. And I think that, uh, it really, yeah, it was up there with sort of your Luke Freeman against Leeds where they write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. It was brilliant. I also felt for the, the wee lad from Man United, just, just you know, him and Paul, Paul that, that fullback chemistry they had the other night was, was, was brilliant. And you can see what he's trying to do with them, you know. 100%. I mean, you know, and, and, and that goal, I've got to be honest, he took a flipping well, didn't he, Paul? I mean, he, that, that, he knew what he was doing. That wasn't just your head and hope. Yeah, absolutely. A great move started by Johansson, who sort of lost the ball and immediately got it back. Like you say earlier, snapping into the into the challenge, got it back and set, set the move on its way. And what I think was great is he'd say take out the chair's first goal and the Woolett goal, um, where he beat everyone um, against Middlesbrough. Um, a lot of our goals are coming from really nice moves that involve like two or three, sometimes oh, four point. players. You know, the second goal against Watford was a, was a big move, and yeah, Laird's goal. You know, the, the build up to that. There's obviously you can see, you know, I know the manager moaned a bit at the start of the season how he hadn't had that many sessions. You can obviously see the longer it goes on, the ideas are sinking in. It's, I guess it's that thing if you if you want to play and have that much of a football brain as he appears to have, that you probably need to just train and train these guys so it becomes second nature. They're not even thinking about, do I take this position or that? And that, you could start, hopefully, we're seeing this will continue for a long time, but we're starting to see the, the, the fruits of that sort of drilling and 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 uh, and, and uh, training that they're doing but yeah the, the amount of beautiful moves that, that have you know within the game and have led to goals in the last two matches is just you know that to me is probably the most encouraging thing that you're not sort of going oh well we scored a wonder goal and that sort of settled it you know like if you were Blackpool against us you'd be going you know we scored a wonder goal oh Bowler uh, is off to uh, another club what do we do you know it's like it's 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 encouraging stuff it's weird as well because laid I think he's he's one of them players that you look at him like Paul Parker, where you bet you think, oh, is he a bit too small? Is he a bit this? But he actually isn't. It's just the way the mind plays tricks. But people were too. You need to give these players time, and I think both the fullbacks are just now showing why they're here, what they're doing, and we've got Tim. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his surname because I'm rubbish with most surnames, <laughs> so I'm not even going to go there. Another midfielder brought in today. You know, he's going to have to fight to get in that team because I, I Field Johansson, um, Cher, Willock. You know, I mean, it's it's mad. It's, it, it, who, it's a great problem to have, isn't it, Robert? That you look at everyone, you go, well, who does he take out? Because in the last two games, I wouldn't take anyone out. Yeah, well, no, you uh, that's what you want. Because uh, Amos and Richards are going to be back fit soon. True. Uh, and it, it, you're right, it's a great problem. And also, you know, that's the, I think he said against, Bill said after Watford, that's it, that's the line. We don't look back now. Uh, we move mm. forward and that's it. You know, Dizelle, Johansson, even Willock. If their performances start dropping off, then he can say, well, I've got boys here ready to step in. Exactly. You know, that, that, that's what you want. Look, they might end up not working, but the, the squad was, was weak because we had players uh, hanging around the, uh, that we were relying on, that we all knew weren't good enough. Um, bless him, George Thomas tries 100%, but we, we know he's, he's not good enough for uh, the top half of the championship, which is where we, want, where we think we should be. Uh, you know, even players like, you think a couple of seasons ago, Faisal Batash was meant to be coming in, hasn't quite worked for him, and Charlie Owens is getting on the bench. And those boys 
you know, they've, they've been around a while, but we were starting to be like, that's the squad. But actually, um, there's there's appears to be a little a little uh, depth to the squad, which is really, really, really good to see. I think Tim, and again, I'm not going to try and say his surname either. I think he looks like he could be the backup to field at the moment, which will be important. Okay. Can't play 46 games um, because we haven't really got just that pure defensive midfielder, have we? That field is. I think his switch with Johansson has made a big difference as well. The switch to putting field back at the base of the midfield and moving your hands and slightly forward um, has, has helped because when the wingbacks go, feels a bit more athletic than your hands and that he can cover ground and stop any breaks. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's uh, like you said, there's competition for places, which is, it's fantastic. Uh, long may it continue. And Paul, I actually saw uh, Faisal Patash playing for the under-23s on Tuesday afternoon or before the game because they now play in Hamel, which is not too far from where I live. So I took my my son up to a, a sort of try and indoctrinate him. He looked all right, actually. I've got to say, I'm not saying he's going to be straight back in the team, but he looks he looks like even he's benefiting from from this from this this new environment. I think it's interesting, like 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 with um, you mentioned the switch between Johansson and Field, and that that's like that slightly dropping back. And the other thing that that cheered my uh, heart on uh, Tuesday was he we did actually leave someone up at corners, uh, uh, <laughs> which uh, which I'm intrigued to know because I I am one of those people that's, uh, who was screaming you no know, leave someone up when we were doing that. I'd love to know what the what the argument for not bringing it, for bringing everyone back is because I mean I look at teams like Hull doing it and it was like why are you doing that? You're just literally giving us a chance to run at you. It seems. It's very peculiar. But anyway, but I, the one thing I will say and what, what the point I was coming to is like uh, Mickey Bill, I just think he's, I think he's not only learned as is his first time of actually managing. And I think that's, you know, you've seen that those, those early games when you perhaps and you think he's, like, he's also like all managers this season has got to this thing of like five subs is here to stay. And has got yeah. his head around that. And I think you, know, you look at the players he has signed, a lot of that will be, well, you can play, make five substitutions. Like, you know, like if Field, if you can get him through a game and go, actually, he's on a card or not on a card, and we don't want him to pick up a silly booking because he's obviously going to hit the five bookings, I imagine, quite soon based on his <laughs> record at the start of the season. And having having a, a, a Tim from Aston Villa to come in and, and cover him will, will be really good. Be interested to know if those two have any um, priors because they both played at West Brom. He was in, he was in the West Brom under twenty three. So interested to know if they hopefully might have some sort of uh, you know understanding of how their games can complement each other. You don't know, but um, or at least but, yeah, a crossover. I think, but I look at what 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 Mick Bill's done in 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 coming in, and I just think he he's obviously got this sort of amazing brain for football, and it, and I think we're starting to see now he's got got the role. You know, you're not the guy on the sideline saying do this, do that. I mean, even Ali McCoyce was saying, you know, it's him coming to us that's uh, that's uh, what one of the big factors behind Villa's sort of slump at the start of the season. And I think we, we are getting to the point now with with him where you're just going. Actually, you can see why they did why they did all this due diligence, all this work to bring him in. He's bringing in the players he wants, and he's obviously got a vision for how to use five subs, which is which is quite exciting as well because that is the future of the game. Yeah, the five well, subs thing is key, especially if we're going to play this, you know, hundred mile an hour football. Um, mm-hmm. to, to just sort of know to say to someone, go and give me sixty minutes. Don't worry about that. Go and give me 60. Run yourself into the ground. Uh, you know, that's all I want from you. It makes a big, big difference, you know. Um, we we keep taking your Hansen off because he, he can't play these three games in a week, really. Um, that will start to bite soon, you'd think. But we can sort of manage his minutes a bit because we've got five subs. It, 
it's definitely helping. Definitely. And also, if the other team have got five subs. You can't leave players on for 90 minutes because it, it feels, you know, this is why I think the game will fundamentally change now that is in for good. You know, during COVID, there was a <laughs> sense of it's going to go back to three subs. So it won't do. But I think you are going to have to, like you say, set players up. We're going, you're only going to play an hour because if they bring someone fresh on at 61 minutes, we, we can't, we're not going to, oh, well, you just stay on because, you know, it's romantic that you stay to the end of the match. You're going to have to be quite um, cynical and about, when you do your subs and how you count and what the other team do. Because five is, you know, they, they, it's quite a big, it's half an outfield side you can change effectively. You know? and the appearance, appearance money is going to take a bash and that's for sure. <laughs> now, the, Robert's mentioned it and we should talk about it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the top head, the misses I've seen in years of watching Rangers, probably Dean Coney sticks out. Uh, Hugel miss when he was under the bar. It wasn't good, and I was pleased with the action of QPR fans, but I'm watching this window come into a close, and I'm thinking, do we need to bring someone in? Do we Do we hope that Dykes turns it around? What are we thinking, Paul? I think we need to bring someone in either way. I mean, whether he buried that or not, because I just think, you know, just that other option, obviously it's a lot of pressure on uh, Sinclair Armstrong as a very young player coming in obviously Macaulay Bond is there and you know he's going to get his chance but even then I think always felt that him and Dykes never when they were when Warburton first came in and they were going to be the two together never felt they quite worked together as a pairing so I think bringing someone in would have been would be good either way if we do it now if we do it in in in, in January I'm going to be charitable and I'm going to say that that's surely uh, Matt Ingram's best moment ever at Loftus Road and he's had some horror shows at Loftus Road only Matt Ingram's both playing for us and playing against us so maybe it was just he made himself big and uh that's that's what put poor old Lyndon off. And you know what? If we if he scores a one 0 winner at some point this season, we'll much more take that goal, winning a one 0 winner from Lyndon Dykes, than you know four one in you know the game was already gone sort of. Thing. Uh, it was uh, I mean I I think it was the worst miss I've ever seen. It it wasn't good, uh, but you're absolutely right that the fans really stuck with him. I I was I was really. That was really good to see because I know there's been a lot of online discourse about how he's useless. And I, I, I look at Lyndon Dykes as sort of, I think I said it previously, he, he's a facilitator. Uh, I don't need Lyndon Dykes to score if Chair and Willock and Robertson are day fair scoring. I don't need Lyndon Dykes to score. Um, no. that, that, that's sort of how I'm thinking at the moment. That's a sort of unjustifying. Yeah, and he had a good game. Um, he held the ball up nicely, nice touches, occupies a defender. He he is a handful. Look, France won two World Cups and their striker never scored in either of them. Uh, so, that, you know, it's about if he works in the system and can do the role, then fantastic. Look, Heider Helg, we went up with Heider Helgerson. He, we all loved Heider. He only got how many non-penalty goals did he get that season? I don't think it was double figures for non-penalties. I'm, no. I'm, sure some, I'm sure someone clever will correct me. Um, so they don't need to be I'm, clever. They just need to know how to read Google. I, I, I'm not so concerned. With regards to buying another striker, getting in another striker, The I, I, I'm still of the opinion you've got Dykes, you've got Bond, you've got Sinclair Armstrong. So it, it's not going to happen with Cameron Archer. But say you bring in Cameron Archer, you've got no hope whatsoever of signing him permanently. So... All he's doing is is giving less opportunities to to our own assets, to our own players. So the the only way it makes sense for me to sign a striker would be if Sinclair Armstrong goes out on loan, because Mm. then we're developing 
someone else's players developing on our time, but we're also getting that because Sinclair Armstrong's developing on someone else's time. That that's sort of the only way it it would make sense to me. Um, I, I, otherwise, look, yeah, you could bring in. I mean, well, last year we brought in Andre Gray. He scored some goals, but now he's gone. And has it made a difference? Not, not really. Most, you know, there, there, there's more in it for us to work with Dykes, if that makes sense, to get Dykes to a place where he can score goals for us and renew his contract. And we've got a serviceable number nine, or he's really good and we can sell him and make a profit. So I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not overly concerned about buying a striker. If I've got one player to bring in, it would be um, someone to, that can play left back. I think is much, much more important, especially the way Bill wants to play because Hammerlinen cannot do that. He cannot do that role. He's, he's just not capable of it. And if Powell gets injured, which he will because of the 46-game season, we don't have anyone that can step. We literally have no one. Mm. You know, we, we literally have no one that can step in there. If Lyndon Dykes isn't working, we do have Macaulay Bond who can do a job or Sinclair Armstrong or Tyler Roberts, they can all play there. So I think if you've got a small pot of money, which supposedly we do, I'd much, much rather spend it on a left back. What are you thinking, Paul? I do think we need a cover for the left back. I mean, it's just not the depth. You know, even, even with Hammerline, there's still not the depth, I would say, you know, in terms of, because you can always, you know, play, a, play a, a left-sided wing back on the right side if you get injuries on that side. And, you know, do we have the depth? Across across that that part of the defence, where we obviously were obviously blessed with a lot of uh, centre backs, but not not as many. Although you do wonder, are is he? You know, he's obviously the manager is very keen on players. You can play various positions. So you do wonder, is somebody training out of position at the moment to to provide that cover? I think. I mean, I just think we're in the same position as, as last year in terms of just that that for having a striker. And I think I would bring one in if you had the option because a you know, you, you can never have enough people in your in your squad who can score score goals. And I think I would have thought if we brought in someone from a Premier League club striker, there probably would be a deal ready to go. You know, literally, you know, if 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 one happens, the other will happen. Where someone will go out on loan who won't get in the team first first choice because yeah, they're not they won't won't want to sit there. So I imagine it's probably one of those domino effect things. If we sign someone to the but which let's face it, everyone will, will know this because by the time they hear this, then I'll be this this could all be academically wrong, but they'll probably sign someone and then someone else will count on low. But I just think you do need that, and particularly for a manager who obviously delights in changing his systems and, and playing differently to have a different kind of striker who you could who you could bring on with a bit of experience. Although he has said obviously Tyler Roberts, he 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 fancies to play up front, you know, potentially as as an out and out striker. So I suppose we're not totally without covering that position. But yeah, I would feel a bit more confident if we just had that you know that that that, that goal scorer but I'd say if Lennon Dykes never scores again and we win we win every game scoring three goals as it's so happened so far this season then brilliant it's interesting I, I get the feeling that poor old McCauley's sitting there by the phone waiting for us to sign someone so he can um, go out alone because I I just get the feeling this it's, he just wants to go somewhere else for a bit just get away from Rangers for whatever reason sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't apply and I, I think that yeah maybe he sees his, his his rules somewhere else. Sinclair Armstrong, we can't really do on a mate just yet where we haven't got the cover. Um, and Dykes, yeah, Dykes can do it. I mean, he, at both Watford and um, against Hull, he, he put himself about and he caused mayhem. And he does cause mayhem. And if you've got Cher and Willock in that form and 
you know, even the flipping right back flying up there and banging one in. You know what I mean? There's there's always hope that the team supply the goals and you know, let we all know Johansson could crack one as well now and again. So that's that's decent, but I think we will probably because it doesn't depend on today, it could be tomorrow, a couple of, we've got a couple of weeks yet for loan signings. We may just bring someone else in and and then Macaulay Bourne can do what he wants. But Whoever we bring in striker-wise, we need someone to score at the loft end this season. Please, hurry up. Yeah, we haven't scored at the loft end this season. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bit weird. I mean, I feel sorry for the safe standing people because they're sitting there going like, we're giving it our all here. Come on. Give us a freaking goal. You know, it's just... Has it ever been this long into the season before we've scored into the loft? There's a question. Now, you're talking about clever people, Paul. There's a good one for you. Also, we brought in a centre-half, the ex-Rangers lad. What, What... do we think that's just cover or is there a rule there for him? I think uh, I, I think sort of on, on a wider point about the defence is, is he'll allow them to play in a three, I think. Um, because I, I definitely noticed against Hull that Dunn, Dunn had a good game, did nothing wrong, but he doesn't look as comfortable. To me, he doesn't look as comfortable in a two. Uh, we're going to play this really high line um, and uh, I think we'll get caught out on it. And I think we, we we will have games where we need to have three at the back. And I think Balogun will be there to sort of marshal it, you know. Um, and you never know with these, with these older signings, um, you know, you think that ridiculous summer under Hughes, Ryan Nelson was the best, best of the lot. Uh, yeah, you're right. 36, 37 years old. Uh, Jeff Cameron came in. I thought it was an awful signing. He did all right. And he was he was an older older player as well. And and um, maybe he's in there a bit more for his um, for what he does off the field. Uh, but, for his leadership. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but it's a long, long season. Clark Salter's already injured. Um, and if one of Dickie or Dunn say they weren't available for Swansea, I, I'd personally feel a bit safer with Balogun playing back there as a he- instead of Masterson. It's a weird look to admit. He's a, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not no interest in Glasgow Rangers at all, as I point out every podcast. Cause everyone thinks when you're in Belfast, you support Rangers <laughs> or Celtic. Not true. Loads of us don't support either. And he goes, oh, you said Leon, he won't let you down. I take that as a good thing. Nothing else. Yeah, in the I agree. He won't let you down. I look at that. And go okay. That 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 will do. Interesting about Dunn is he went straight down the tunnel. I don't know if he's still berating the referee over the offside or not, or he, he felt it was um, him and Dickie were very upset about the goal being offside, which I'd like to see because you're winning three 0 You let one in like that, where it's offside, and you can kind of put your head down and go, well, you know, what's one of them things? But they weren't letting it go, and they. I thought Don was going to get himself the troubles. And I, I like seeing that. Or, you know, as you say, maybe he feels more comfortable in the three. But I thought he didn't do too... I, I, listen, I thought the performance against Paul and, and Robert was perfect. I think we got everything right. We did the right things. They're a good side. They're no mugs. They're going to beat a lot more teams than they lose to this season. So we've got to take that. We've beat Middlesbrough. We've beat them. You know, we, we're doing okay, which is not what we were saying a few weeks ago because you're, you're still... Involving, but I'm liking what I'm seeing. I like the high press ball, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I think the three thing comes almost from signing Lard, though. I think you know, you've suddenly got a player mm. playing as out and out wing backs, 
you know, in a way that... I think is, we could sign him, Paul, can't we, at the end of the season? Yeah, I don't know, him. but I'm not sure, actually. I know there are players with the loans that we are, sort of, we can sign, but I'm not sure if he's one of them. I think but, Laird we can't, but all the others they've got... Are, okay. But but Laird, I think, yeah, he, he just gives you that chance to play through at the back. And I think having... Having a, you know, if Carter Salter, as you say, is injured already, you could play the three there. Having, having, um, um, the chap from Rangers, I mean, I don't think they've signed his play every minute of every game. You can easily see him coming on to close games out or, or starting in a three and someone else coming, you know, a younger player coming in to finish it off. You know, again, going back to what we said about the five subs. Also, I think it's obvious that they, he's somebody's on his eye on. I mean, the fact that the deal gets done a week before the end of the transfer window makes me think he was probably hanging on assessing his options, see see where the best deal for him, you know, because obviously at his age, that's probably the last big deal he's going to do. So Rangers only offered him a year. And fair play to him, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's obviously taken the option that's possibly the most competitive, I would have thought, from what he'd have been offered versus the, the smaller amount of time. So, yeah, I think he'll be good. And, and again, off the pitch, like say training, it's always good to have these players around who, you know, you know, look at, look at what Austin did when he started playing with Dykes, you know, just someone who can go, you know, you know, because yeah. one thing when we had uh, done on the podcast last year, he, I remember him saying to us, Paul, that he was saying, you know, he, he was really focusing on the defensive side of the game and learning that part. And, you know, Dickie and obviously um, uh, was the player more likely to step out and that he would add that to his game, you know, and once he'd sort of mastered the defensive side. So having someone who can maybe give him advice and help him with that side of the game, I think yeah, I agree with you. I think he's played pretty solidly defensively. He obviously isn't, doesn't look as comfortable stepping forward, but, I, you know, look at the way he's, He's played since he's been in the club. I, I don't think that will be something that will take him too long to, to get the hang of. Yeah, I think yeah. Pelican as well. Look, he was part of a Rangers side that got to the uh, UEFA Cup Europa League final last year. He played, I don't think he played in the final, but he was certainly on the field when they beat Dortmund. And that's big, big, massive game experience. And one year, again, if it doesn't, if it doesn't stop the development of one of our own, I'm all for mm. it. Um, I'd like to see Masterson go out on loan and and play. I know he did it last season, did all right, but he, he does need to, you know, keep playing. Even if we then sell him for half a million, you know that 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 that, that unfortunately it's not very exciting. But that's sort of the game with Rangers. You know, it's 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 what we got to do: bring them in, develop them, sell them on. It's the only it's the only way we're getting out this division one day. No, you I think Master's probably going to hang on just because of his relationship with Bill from Liverpool. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and obviously he played as a defensive midfielder against Watford when he came on, which is yeah. interesting. And he actually did okay. I mean, yeah. it's hard to gauge in that time. But it's interesting that you say that about Rangers, the other Rangers in, in, in Scotland. Um, I always feel Celtic and them get a bit of a rough deal because there are two horses in that league, basically. But when they win against Dortmund and like that, they probably don't get the praise. And, People kind of overlook the players, but yeah, I mean, to go to Dortmund and win, that's no mean feat, let's be honest. So, yeah. if he's part of that, he can certainly go to Rotherham and do a shift, that's for <laughs> sure. So, you know what I mean? No disrespect to Rotherham, I'm just using it as a kind of a funny. Although, um, Jose Bosingwa uh, played in the Champions League final, then came to us and uh, didn't, didn't quite work out. So, uh, you never know. You know what? You're doing so well since you joined the pod, Rob. <laughs> and um, now you've uh, mentioned you, the name. The, the name you're not. Well, allowed to just to temper some expectations. Yeah, but you're not allowed to mention that name. Paul, Paul gets very upset when he hears that name. I get upset. I get, I I don't get upset. I just joking. Do you know, I, I I get livid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? It's it's. Do you know? Do you ever do this little YouTube uh, before we go into the RZ um, and and the predictions? Do you ever do you ever read about people who played for us and you forget? 
I, I was reading about someone the other day and I thought, Christ, I forgot they played for us. You know, in that mad premiership sort of spending spree, there's a whole lot of players you think, Christ alive. Like you mentioned Nelson, you're quite right, but at least you remember some of them. But some of them people just they completely slipped my mind. I do, but I don't blame the mad, crazy spending spree. I blame ageing. <laughs> well, I can't remember that they played for us. <laughs> it, it, it was insane. It was, it was totally insane. The, the people we were... Oh, anyway, listen, those days are long gone, thank God. Thank, thank God. Thank God. I, I honestly think we as a fan base are only just getting over those two. Yeah. Like, seriously, I think... I've listened to the pod for years and it, the amount of times we everyone would talk about it because it was... It, it was insane. It was it was an insane time that had just the biggest ramifications for the club. But yeah, no, glad it's done. Give me more Chris Willock's Nilius chairs. Give me Do more. You know what? <laughs> it's one reason. I mean, I don't talk about this very often, but I didn't go to Reading that season at the end because I was so upset with how we went down. I was so upset how we played. I was so upset that you know that I seen a lot of players who didn't care about our football club on the field. And then when you see the images of a single and leaving the field laughing and joking, and, and it, it didn't justify my decision because I always love going to watch Rangers, but I didn't love that side. I didn't love that, that relegation. I didn't love them players, and I never will. And everything that was wrong about QPR is Basingua. I think Finney's just made your point, Rob, there about not yeah, getting over it go. yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do try. I do. It's like today, I was, I was reading about it. You, you, it's when you're flipping all your memories these days that they carry Dixon penalty and there's all these other things I like their memories but the memory of Basinga walking down the tunnel joking and laughing after we were really good at, will, will long live in the memory and I'd just love to bring him back in the forever hours so we could chuck things at him you know forever not want to be ours maybe make a new one of players we can bring back and just shout out Hitley him and, and quite a few others I reckon I've got an idea Posit- anyway. positivity Paul two wins in a row yeah. be positive Mickey Bill's blowing my army. Come on. <laughs> See, I've, I, I, listen, I got happy once in life. I'm not doing that again. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm, listen, I'm over the moon. I'm just kind of thinking that long may it continue. I mean, you know, this league is insane. I've never done anything like I don't you two think, but you look at the results flying in and you see Reading doing a job here, Blackburn getting beat here. It's, it's still up for grabs, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I've got to say, I I did look at the table and have you seen who the top four teams actually are? Sheffield United, Norwich, Burnley, Watford. And that's kind of brings me, you know, it's like, I'm really got no expectations this season because... You know, it's those four are going to be four of the top six. Let's be honest, you would imagine. Um, and you've got to, it's, it's a long old journey we're on. Uh, Brentford took years and years and years to trade their way out. Um, and we, we, we've got to do the same, but that, that that's just got to be the mindset. We, we, we can't compete with these teams, and unless we're bringing in 20 million because we sold. Chair and Willock, and 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 on the selling players and Brentford again. The, the year they went up, they sold um, Ollie Watkins and Ben Rama in one window, and still went up. So yeah, they'll go Chair and Willock one day. But let's enjoy them whilst they're here, uh, and and it's all, all part of the bigger plan. I hope. But yeah, the top four, pretty miserable. Don't look at the league table because it will make you miserable. Just enjoy good football at Rangers and winning the odd game. Mate, if I want to be miserable, I'll look at the flipping mirror. <laughs> but um, I, I, well, I'll tell you what I am enjoying. I'm enjoying, you're right, 
Paul and 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 Rob. I'm enjoying the football. I'm enjoying. That's why you're going to keep you. We don't go for the glory. It's never about the glory, but we go for the moments of joy. And I think in the last few games, there's been just watching Churn win it does it for me. Right, Oz end. I'm going to let you go first, Paul. Hopefully, after your half an hour notice to be in the pod, you've thought of something brilliant. <laughs> to to, to my, um, not really. I mean. It, 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 it's not really anything. I mean, the only thing I was va- I vaguely would have moaned about last week was everyone back for corners and this this moan about second phase goals and everything. And then we didn't do it on Tuesday, so I'd still like to have it explained to me just in terms of you know I will listen and not not shout on obviously just just what the perceived benefit of it is because it's all it's I remember Steve McLaren did it a couple of seasons ago where everyone was back from corners and then it was like. Okay, we're not Man City, so why are we doing this? And then, and then it went out of fashion, and now everyone is doing it. So if I'm not having a go at the Rangers management, everyone is doing. It. I mean, like like teams you think like lower league. I've caught the odd lower league game, and they're they're doing it. They're doing it, you know, in Italy, and you just think you just think what what is what, what? It's weird how football moves in these fashions where certain things suddenly become like everyone's got to do it. Like one thing I'm glad we don't do is you know someone lying behind the wall. I was just thinking that, Paul. Just thinking right. yeah, that. but that's but it's really fashionable. It's really interesting how the fashion comes in and out. So I'd, I would love to know if the statistical, not 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 because I'm terrible. I can't read those articles. I do try, and I'm, I'm, I'm not really good at the you know expected goals or that. But I'd love to know what the argument is for because the argument against is obvious. You know, leave someone up, then when you break, you might you draw two fenders, whatever. But what's the argument for it? But at the same time, you know, we'd left someone up on on a. On Tuesday, and we're winning. So if if we if bringing everyone back and we keep winning, I don't mind. So, but you know, just that would have been my rant, except it was neutered by by the game against. So what you'd like to know is in modern football why everyone stares back from a corner and there's no outlet. What's the benefit? What's the perceived tactical yeah. benefit okay. to do? That's what I'd like to know. Just, just and if you've got a UEFA coaching badge, yeah. we want. Because I have, I did when it was fashionable two years ago. I, I did ask an assistant coach who I do know, and they were skeptical about its benefits. So I'm just intrigued. You know, if any if anyone wants to explain it, what what, what the logic of it is, I'm sure it's, like, I'm sure it makes a lot of sense, and, and someone someone like me should just go along with it. Definitely. No, I think it's a fair question, Robert. What's your R's end? Uh, my R's end is, I think this will be the greatest goal of the month competition QPR have ever held. Ooh, uh, that's big August this year, because. I can't choose. You've got Willock against Borough, which was unbelievable. Yep. You've got uh, Tyler Roberts against Charlton, which was brilliant. Yep. You've got the goalkeeper scoring a last-minute equaliser. Um, we've got Chris Willock's goal against um, Watford was great. And Sharon Willock, again, against and Laird's goal. Another three brilliant goals. I mean, I, I can't wait to watch it. Get get that video out now, QPR, because I want to sit and watch it on repeat. Because I, I think it's going to be the greatest goal of the month competition QPR have ever held. And if someone if someone says there's a better one, I'd like to see it because I watch that what, as well. <laughs> you know what? You, you're right. Because normally when it's goal of the month, it's against us. Yeah. In fact, you know? the best goal of the month was the Charlton player who scored that last minute goal. Yeah, that was probably the best goal. <laughs> Of the month, but we won't talk about that. He, he didn't mean it. No, um, mean it. no, he was, he was, he was, he, he thought he was messy for five seconds and, and then went back to his normal self afterwards. Um, interesting, though, a good point. I, I, I think Senny will win because of the novelty value. Um, 100%. It was, it was such a, it was such a great header, but 
you do raise a great question. I just hope we haven't used them all up. Do you know what I mean? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll take a, a, a tap in. I'll take a come off someone's arse or whatever. I don't mind. But yeah, if, if there's more goals like this throughout the season, Jesus, that'll be some feat, wouldn't it? Choosing that for the goal of the season. <laughs> Flipping heck, especially when the fullbacks are getting on it as well. And I'll tell you another thing. Pearl's got a, a frigging shot on him as well. I, I can, I can, he's lining one up. I can see it. He's going to be, he's not afraid to shoot. So he could be another interesting one. And we know who Hansen is. And yeah. And did Field get booked the other night? Probably. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember because I'm trying to think. Because he, he, he's, he's a bit like Gazelle. They both seem to, to want to get booked, don't they? A bit too eagerly sometimes. But, um, and I wonder if that's a psychological ploy where you get booked really early and then the ref will bottle ever booking you again. And therefore you don't go, as long as you don't make a horror tackle, you're sort of free to kick everyone all night then. In a very ungentlemanly way, as what people point he, he didn't. <laughs> I, only uh, he didn't get booked. No, I don't think so. And... He's he's another one we don't talk about enough as well. Field, he really is. He needs a song. I know. I, every time I come on here, and I am I am a music journalist by trade, but he does need a, a song. You've got like, the really kind good. of the Liverpool fans sing the fields yeah. of Rath and Rye. Um, he needs so a really good song. He needs to sing him at Field. I mean, is it st- that's that's a horrible Sting song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He sang about a field. Field of um, gold. That was yeah. Let's not do that. Yeah. No. Then there was a Fields of Nephilim. Maybe adopt one of their songs. We tried this field's on fire, you know, the um, uh, this Greg field's one. on fire. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't no, no. really work for a defensive midfielder, though, does it? It needs to no. be. No, but it would be good to have a really good song for him and, um, and you know, a few of the others rather, you know, I just think, I always think, you know, I think I've said this every time I come on here, every, I think we're slow to get good, you know, the chair will tell you apart. But they're all the same, though, aren't they? Just get, just get a few more, you know. The songs are all the bleeding same now. I mean, you know, whether it's us or Tramir or everything, they've all got the song they sing about one player to the theme of somebody else's song. So originality went out the window yeah. on these things. So you're, you're quite right, Paul, that a song about Field is not a horrible sting song. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, we could do. Right, my your homework it. if you're listening. And then you start it and we'll, you hum it, we'll sing it. God, there was a word to put the fear of God on me when I was a kid. Homework, Jesus. Um, <laughs> right. My hours end is, I have to be honest with you, I love the safe standing now. I, 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 I'm getting it, you know, it, I just wish we could give them a goal. And um, the lads that are trying to build it up, um, as I said last week, are really, it's cranking up and it's getting better and better as every game. Um, Paul from New York was over this week and um, he, he he loved it. And people and I said, oh, you got to get yourself down there. So it's obviously working and um, fair play for everyone who worked on that initiative because the loft wasn't what it should be and um, it's great to see it that way and you're being rewarded with no goals yet I do apologise but they will come and let's hope it's like a 35 year old 35 year old 35 yard screamer from you know I don't know field or chair um, it would they'll take anything won't they I mean how many goals have been scored by the opposition in the loft oh. yeah well, well I'm not sure but actually, talking to stay standing, and I often come on here and do slag off what the club do. I do would say the good thing that Lee Hughes did do was listen. You know, the idea of you know where are people standing? Oh, actually, mm-hmm. let's put it back. And I would, I did the chat in our block when he did a Zoom call. And I thought that was a really good thing because I thought he allayed any fears of people who didn't want to stand and the people who wanted it. You know, and he gave people an option to tour. I thought it was. I thought the way that was extended into the right part of the ground was a really good move, and actually, kind of slightly gutted that my bit isn't quite in the in the safe standing. Look, 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 looking jealously behind me. So, yeah. It may happen. It may. It may extend. Now, listen. My other Aussie Indies, 
do we think as a as a panel i wouldn't say experts because don't with that sort of thing these days as they say in the news do i know we talked about last week but with the cost of living and everything else we are getting slaughtered on our prices for away fans too and i just looked at if you're a walk-up fan at ranging 40 quid in gold and 36 in silver do we need to Maybe for a few months, bring prices down for home for walk-ups and the way fans. I'll start with you, Robert, just to just to encourage people back into the game and the ground, and show that football clubs can try. Uh, yes, is the short answer, and the slightly longer answer is if we're not going to do it, um, it would be good if Lee Hu's sort of explained. Look, I know there's a cost of living crisis, but it affects us in these ways, and that's therefore the prices have to be this because of this. Because there probably is a reason why, uh, but short answer, yeah, I'd I'd like us to drop our prices. Well, um, I think if people if, if they're empty, people aren't buying the tickets, then obviously, yeah, you should you know that's business. You drop your prices to you know, and there might come a time when football are going to have to take a, a longer look at what people, you know, we are recreation. Football is a recreational part of people's budgets, and you know, it might come particularly in January when, when prices, when energy prices go up, they're going to have to take a decision where you are going to lose lots of walk-up home and away just because because of what people don't have the money. So football will have to take a realistic decision about where they start elsewhere in society. I guess the other thing, though, is, I mean, wasn't there some suggestion that Hull were moaning about prices and they charged quite similar prices to Rangers away fans? Everyone does it. And the reason they probably do it is match day revenue contributes to your FPP. So if you're well, suddenly we going... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, no, like, but yeah, if everyone, everyone's obviously doing it because the more money they can raise on the on the gate, the more money they can put on their spreadsheet and say that's our match day revenue. And obviously, that is the way the uh, the FPP, a lot of the FPP works is you know what what you're bringing through the gate. So you know, maybe the football league needs to take to take special measures themselves. Maybe it isn't for individual clubs or you know people to, to moan about you know the the game you happen to be playing. If if the way that the the, the, the rules are set up encourages you to try and make as much money on the gate as possible because that means you can balance your books in a way that doesn't get you fined or whatever. I don't know because I'm not an expert on any of this, as you rightly point out, Paul. But you know, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I, yes, I think the, the, the short answer, to having given you the long answer first, is yes, probably. But I think you know, it's, it's something that the the whole game is going to have to look at, particularly in January when we start looking at how much things are going to cost because everything bills are going. If your bills don't go up, the, the, you know, the bill. For the pub you go to, or the the, the, the supermarket you go to, we'll have they'll be passing those costs on, so we're all going to get affected by it one way or another. If the pub's still there, that, the, 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 the trouble is, my my fear is that there is going to be a big meltdown. But I just I just can't help but think, look at the the, the the money being spent in the Premier League and some Championship clubs, and just saying, can we not? Can the Football League and the F the FA and anyone else just get some pot of money to get them somewhere, whether it's windfall from transfers because they're spending billions I think we've spent more this year than ever before not us for premiership there's billions upon billions upon billions and just try and look after fans a bit better they, they keep saying oh fans matter but we all know we don't really it's just it's just a shame well that's a much wider point isn't it I mean like you know oh god uh, having listened to my you know a, a satellite channel I, I pay a subscription to bemoan the lack of fans for a season and a bit and then moving games left right and said yeah I mean obviously 
there's a lot that could be. I mean, if, I mean, maybe that's why you know it's that bit of string, isn't it? If you start pulling it away, prices, it's it, you know the whole thing. There is so much the way that fans are treated from the very top division to the very bottom division. I've already heard rumours that there was talk that you know they might be asked to kick off games earlier in November, December if we're having to ration electricity and floodlights and things like that. So you know we'll all be at the, the that you know, could get it's going to get worse before it gets better. But it would be nice if this this you know this this football commissioner or whatever it's going to be actually does something about, you know, how fans who act, are treated, whether they go to games or watch and telly or whatever. True story. When I was a kid, no one matches had to be played early because of the troubles and because there was a, if I remember right, there was a power strike as well. So, yeah. And um, I had a lot of dentist visits when no one were playing at school. Back in Liverpool, I go to school, so I don't even know why I said that. Hey-ho, Raid, Robert, we're looking at Swansea and we're, we're I was quite confident the Rangers went, but they went bloody Stokely or then went one nil up. What are we thinking? Um, I don't know how good Swansea are, which I realise isn't what you're asking. But no, <laughs> um, no, 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 it's, no, a, it's uh, I, I feel our games to them are very, very boring. I'm going to be bored. I think it's going to be nil nil. I think it's going to be nil nil. Going to be dull. No That's nil. why you're here, Robert, to bring us all back to which, which I think a point away from home is always a good point. So I actually absolutely think bad. Um, but you know, oh, I think you will Paul, I, I did have a look at their form. I mean, they they was it two draws and two defeats in their last four games. So, I mean, that would be to, the traditional Rangers role would be to turn up and here's your win. <laughs> you know, <sort> of <laughs> <laughs> That's how it used to be in the older days. Who but what I'm going to say, I'm going to take a new approach this season. I'm going to throw out, you know, superstition and because normally I predict it to lose just to make sure we win. I'm just going to go for statistical analysis and on the grounds that we've won most games this season scoring three goals, I'm going to predict we score three goals, Senna Dieng hat-trick and 3-2. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe just, he might just get a brace ball. Yeah. You know, you know I, I think a hat-trick. Is asking a bit much, even of Super Sedi. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I think we'll do them two 0 I, I don't know why. Um, I'd like to get a clean sheet as well. And um, yeah, two 0 will do me lovely. One that will do actually anything from away from home is a bonus. And just keep rocking around to the right end of the table. And um, yeah, let's see what happens after that. And um, hopefully, we'll take maybe Thursday, a bit more than that down there, which would be good because we've got Sublet here and. Watford was just uh, the way it ended on Watford was just brilliant on Saturday, and I love that. You know, you can we can talk about all the bad away days, but you just need a Watford away like that, and, and everything's all good in the world. Do you know what I mean? You forget all the horrible places you've been to where it's been miserable. You just think, oh, do you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll live for that. It's lovely as well. I saw the um, but if you guys know, well, Paul, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, or you see it on TV or whatever, Sinclair Armstrong and um. Uh, Masterson and Jimmy Dunn coming over to the Irish flag at the end of the game as well. I thought that was lovely, and um, yeah, it was it was it was great. By the way, there's a picture of me in the website. It looks like I was sticking two fingers up to the Watford fans. I'm not. I'm giving them a result that was three two. If you see me on the hand, it's got three fingers up. My daughter's called me childish. So that's <laughs> where the ungentlemanly behaviour comes from. It's all your fault. Paul. All your fault, Finney. I, I I was I I couldn't I didn't know if they could see the scoreboard. I was I was it was my public service. I, I'm trying to help these people, and that's the thanks you get. You get called childish by your own flesh and blood. I don't know. Listen, Paul, don't be a stranger. You're more than welcome on as often as you like. 
And it's been no, mate. It's, it's always brilliant. I, I, I love it. I love the uh, Kevin Gallon shirt in the background as well. Marvelous, um, Robert. As always, big man. Thank you. I'm sorry we couldn't see you this week because your camera's, no, not, my working. camera's not working. You, you didn't want to see me. Don't worry. All right, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> take that. We'll take that as red. And um, we'll be back next week. And thank you for everyone tuning into the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And hopefully, as many as you can can make it to Swansea on Saturday and enjoy yourselves and have a good crack. And thanks for listening. This has been Open All Lars the QPR podcast.